off. We're recording. Welcome, everybody. It's another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. My name is Josh Kuypers. My name is Anthony Hookman. And we're here to talk Friday Night Lights. As usual, thanks for being with us once again. Uh, Anthony, I have zero idea what I want to talk about here for a little icebreaker. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Yeah, um, I actually, uh, well, I had a little something. Uh, that I thought we could talk about. So oh. let's well, let's jump into what are what are you drinking? Okay. Um, well, as you guys know by now, I bought a lot of Natterdays, but I'm taking a <laughs> a slight break from Natterdays because I found the last line and Kugel, line and Kugel summer Ooh. shandy in the fridge, which we've talked about far superior. I, well, you don't know that. Uh, you've only had a warm Natterday. That's but. true. I need to try a, a legit <laughs> one. That's a good point. But it, right. it is good stuff. So I'm going with the summer shandy and then I'll probably switch back to the natter days once I finish this off. Nice. Um, well, as uh, you all out there know as well, uh, Angie and I had a housewarming party about a month ago. And uh, for that housewarming party, we decided to have, make it a, we'll buy all the beer. You guys come over and drink it. Mm-hmm. Bought a 36 pack of Miller Lite. Ooh, yes. Um, so I've got similar light, in my opinion, the best of the macro light beers. Yeah. It's a fine Pilsner beer. It is. It says right on the can. Um, and I've got it in my jazz fest koozie. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I wanted to talk about, you know, we're in the heart of July right now. Yes. Um, if I had to rank the months, uh, gun <laughs> to my head, I think July would probably come out on top. Wow. Um, big fan of summer. Big fan yep. of Independence Day. Big fan of this little thing that used to exist that might now be dead forever called oh. the Sioux Falls Jazz and Blues Fest. Oh, yeah. Um, it was canceled last year prior to COVID even being a thing. They canceled it. Um, it was canceled again this year. Um, we do have the Levitt Show, which is right a stone's throw. Literally, I could uh, probably hit it. Like, if my... Um, if my balcony didn't exist and you set up a golf ball in my living room, I could probably hit the <laughs> Levitt show with like a seven iron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have that free concert series, but it's not the same. We had some great no. jazz fest headliners over the years. Cheryl yeah. Crow was there. The fray, oh. um, Grace Potter and the nocturnals. Dr. John played at Sioux Falls jazz oh, fest yeah, one yeah, year yeah, and yeah, I nice. couldn't make it. And I'm very pissed off to this day That's about amazing. it. Um, just a great time. Uh, have some great history there, some great stories, some great experiences. Um, mm-hmm. some of which I won't speak about here, <laughs> some of which I will. <laughs> um, but uh, really, just a a real something that was the 2009 Jazz Fest, the year that I was 21, was a real seminal experience for me. Oh, yeah. Um, and it became kind of a, a real like standby tradition yeah. uh, over the years for me. And it was something that was very, very special to me that has now been ripped away. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I guess, uh, Josh, if you had to gun to your head, <laughs> favorite month. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them back around there. Yeah. Oh, favorite month. Well, Okay. By the way, I have you've seen my koozie collection because you've been in our apartment. It is very sizable. I've you got probably, a count on that? I should count them all one of these days. Um, I don't have one. I 
Um, I'm going to make a goal by the, the season three finale uh, to have them counted. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But uh, a lot of them. So my, my personal rule as a koozie collector <laughs> is never pay for a koozie. <laughs> sure. If you can't find a free koozie, if you if you're paying money for a koozie, you're a sucker in my book. <laughs> End of story. Um, uh, I have one. No, I have two koozies. One is free. The other one I did pay for. Uh, it is a South Dakota themed koozie, and it's one of the big foam ones. You know, like mm-hmm, the, thick, the classics. The thick, yep, yep. Uh, squishy ones, mm-hmm. and it's just like a. A smorgasbord of South Dakota delights on there. Sure. It's got everything. You know, I love that. So yeah. I, I can't. And there is a few. Um, the Prince koozie that I have that we um recorded yeah. last episode in. Like Angie bought that when she was in Nashville. Um, I know that she's got like a Ryan Bingham koozie that she bought at a Ryan Bingham show. Um, yeah, it says like Ryan Bingham on it. Um, so she was <laughs> like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. Uh-uh. Um, I think there is a time and a place to buy a koozie. I cannot think of the last time if I've ever bought a koozie. Um, mostly I like just like, cause a lot of times they're like party favors at weddings. Right. And so I'll just go to get a drink. Oh, koozie, finish that drink, go get a new drink. Oh. Well, that where'd that last koozie go? It's in my back left pocket, but nobody else knows that. Next thing you know, it looks like I've got even more of a donk than I already do because I've got about 15 koozies in my back pockets. Um, do you have a lot of so do you got a lot of duplicates in there? A lot of doubles. Um, Triples is best. Is I, <laughs> <laughs> I've probably got about a dozen of these jazz, jazz fest koozies. Um, there's actually a wedding that we went to in Las Vegas. It was Angie's cousin's wedding. First time I ever went to Vegas. Um, Angie's cousin got married, and I think I took 15 koozies from that wedding, including <laughs> Maid of Honor, like the yes, Maid of Honor nice. specific you, you koozies. I have it. I have in this collection. <laughs> I think there's another bridesmaid one that I have in this collection that I like. It wasn't until we got back and I like unpacked. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was yep. just grabbing koozies. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of, yeah, I've got more than triples. Uh, I've got, <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I've got pentuples of the Sternberg wedding. I've got pentuples of the, <laughs> the Hislop wedding. And uh, oh, oh, the deal went through. I got pentuples <laughs> of the Jazz Fest. <laughs> That's good because then you can use one, uh, right, and, and not have to worry about. It yeah, because I know that if I if I scratch it or whatever, I've got another one in the garage. <laughs> uh, yes, please get us a full count on that. Um, I'll I'll get back to you on I that appreciate one. Appreciate it. Um, I unfortunately only do have singles of the. Uh, Governor Janklo diabetes screening 2002. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> there is a double. I know where to find a double, but I, I can't rob Angie's parents of two of them. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, you better not do that. Okay, favorite month. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give some honorable mentions my yeah. thought process here. Uh, so in my in the Kuiper's household growing up, um, I am the only brother and I have two sisters, all the guys. So me and my dad were born in April and all the ladies in the family, my two sisters and my mom were born in May. And so April, it was April had a real celebratory and guys month feel Mm -hmm. to it. 
Um, and it was also, you know, you're getting towards the end of, of school, the world's turning to spring. It's, it's getting nice outside, mm-hmm. stuff like that. April's so, a good month. I love April. I've got great memories of, you know, like I, I grew up on a farm and I'd always have, uh, you know, like a handful of, a handful of guys out for a sleepover when I was in, you know, grade school and middle school and stuff. So I've got great April memories of running around the farm, playing capture the flag and stuff like that. So April's up there. Uh, I'm still a fan. Um, all the other months suck except for June. June is okay. probably my favorite month. Um, right now it's my favorite because I'm done with work. So mm-hmm. as I've mentioned, I work at an academic institution. So, you know, graduations in the middle of May, I kind of finish out the month of May. Um, run out the clock type thing um but then june is when freedom fully hits it is nice outside usually not too hot yet although mm-hmm. this june was kind of it was a warm june it was it's yeah. been a, it's been a hot summer uh here yeah. in the midwest which yeah. i'm okay with i am not not I, so many people are hate the heat but this last week has been really good camping was awesome it was like 70 to 78 degrees the entire time so that's what i'm talking about right there can you convert that to our listeners uh, in laos uh i cannot uh (laughs) i am good i i support and prefer would prefer the metric system in every category except temperature Mm mm-hmm you know, a friend of the show, Michael Edema, who's been writing articles for the Plot Enterprise about oh, the differences. Real? But yeah, he's been, he's probably got to be like a dozen articles in um, where it's basically like what it's like to be an American living in Europe. Oh. Um, and that's like a very recent article, probably one that I might have tossed it by now, but um, that uh, within the last couple of weeks was about how he prefers the metric system except for temperature Tem- because yeah. being like, you know, 20s and 30s is cold, 100 is hot, makes sense more than being like, oh, it's like 30 degrees out and that means it's hot. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I just saw a tweet about that recently where it's like zero is really cold, 100 is really hot, somewhere in the middle is about right. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that that makes sense. So yeah, uh, I cannot convert it to, to Celsius. Um I forgot what we were even talking about. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah. I, so I prefer June weather. May May's got a May's got a shot, but it's also really stressful for me because we're finishing up the school year. So mm. that's why I'm giving June the the edge. But we hate February, don't we, folks? Oh, there's got to no... be on the bottom of the bottom of the pile. It's short, so if you're paying any sort of rent or loan, you're yeah. not getting your money's worth mm. on it. It's a bad value um, month. It's cold as hell. Being cold is worse than being hot, objectively. Yes. I think I'll still go with you on that, even though I bad hate month. the heat. Here's the thing. Being hot, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Being in like 110 degrees, it's uncomfortable. Even like, And there's always, oh, well, you always can put more clothes on when it's cold. You can't take more clothes off once you get naked when it's hot. <laughs> being hot's uncomfortable. Being cold hurts it's <laughs> painful man i see i've had like i i can't remember when but hey, i do you know what else <laughs> i've had like legitimate heat stroke before and ever since then like i just can't do it 
Like I literally can't do it. And, and uh, but you know what else is even worse about the winter time is that you can't even make travel plans because what if the weather just yeah. suddenly decides to be like, nope, the roads aren't drivable now for like a week. <laughs> That's sorry. True. That's true. Uh, in the Living summer, in the, Midwest? in the summer is just, yeah, it might be really hot and that sucks, but you can but still there's no, do it. Yep. You can travel anywhere you want and guess you what? Might. Your car probably has air conditioning unless you like live in Alaska <laughs> and they just don't make cars with air conditioning. But like, sure. um, but I mean, you could get, you could have to deal with a, you know, tornado if you're here in the Midwest. Or if you drive a 1991 uh, Pontiac <laughs> Sunbird and you're going to see the future president speak uh, with Josh Kuypers and Chase Hurd and your car just doesn't have air conditioning. Oh, that's right. That was a hot day. That was a hot day. We, yeah. we stood on the, the blacktop in like 98 degree heat for yeah. three hours to yeah. see future president Barack Obama. Um, mm-hmm. And they had snipers up on the rooftops and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right. Well, there you have it. Um, June slash July. Best months. Best months. Uh, yep. The Jays. It's, it's settled. All right. Except for January. You're not included. Sorry, January. In the <laughs> Direct really any koozie-related questions to Anthony. Feel free to reach out <laughs> on either his uh, Twitter profile or Reliving the Lights, mm-hmm. uh, and he can share some of that knowledge with you. Uh, we already know what we're drinking, so mm-hmm. I think we better get into this thing. Let's let's dive in. Uh, because this is a good one. Yeah. Uh, episode 12 of season three. We are one episode away from the finale. This episode is entitled Underdogs. It aired in the worst J month, January 7 really? of 2009. That's interesting. I suppose they probably pushed it. Uh, because of the holiday season, but this yep. episode feels even more Christmassy than really? the last. I feel like okay, um, doesn't have Hark the Herald on the soundtrack, but I feel like they were talking about Christmas. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in the episode, you're right. All right, movie dude one, he's back. What does he say? The Taylors are faced with a decision that could help end what is already a fragile friendship with the McCoys. Lila informs her father of her alternate decision after her chances of attending her dream college have fallen through. Landry tries to help Tyra with her college essay and Matt has (laughs) dreams of attaining some kind of post high school education. (laughs) He's back. He's back on his bull. Here we (laughs) go. 100% back on his bull. Yeah. He did start off strong. Started off strong. It must have been must have been the fumes of last week. Uh, it's still, still lingering, but he definitely, he did a two-sentencer. The last one could have broken up into three sentences. He At chose least. to put them into one sentence. Um, spells Lila, L-I-L-A. Dude, it's right there. Literally, look at the cast list. She is in the top episode cast, the, the four people that are in yeah. the top episode cast. The name is L-Y-L-A. It's right there. <laughs> He can't do it. Um, uh, he starts a theme and then drops it by drops mid it. second sentence. Uh, yep. I mean, that's, it's that's our movie dude one. Uh, <laughs> it's not good, but it feels right. So, yeah. uh, what do you think? Like a like a three here? I was thinking exactly a three. Yeah, yep. yeah. Because you got, I'm giving him a little bit of credit for that first sentence. 
the Taylors are faced with the decision that could end what is already a fragile friendship with the McCoys. That's a good sentence. Good. And then it's just complete trash after that. Yeah. So falls apart. Would have given him a two, but um, it really feels like movie dude one. So I'll give him an extra point <laughs> for that. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. That that nice little one. Okay. All right, man. Uh, the it felt good last episode. It felt like a good omen to have like a really uncharacteristically solid uh synopsis for movie dude one but now it feels like a good omen to have just a terrible yes, one yes again, it does for movie dude one so we're on a roll baby i like it this episode starts out uh at the pep rally dylan has really stepped up their pep rallies from previous seasons <laughs> am i am i right yeah, well, they don't have Smash Williams there to do the raps anymore. <laughs> There's no uh, cross-dressing no. happening. <laughs> no. Uh, Buddy is is given a little speech. He's in his element. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think I don't think Buddy's ever been more in his element than this very moment. No. Um, but outside of the pep rally, we do get just a, a little clip, but we... Uh, are more focused on what's going outside. Tammy is speaking with Clint. I don't know if he's the superintendent. I don't know if he's the vice principal. Maybe it's Clint Trucks. It is. It's Trucks. Uh, is it? Oh, it's is VP. it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely. It's definitely uh, vice principal dump truck of a man. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was sure. I have um, something that I'm. I'm genuinely convinced of, um, and I've told Angie this a number of times. Yeah. I really think I have like some form of facial blindness. The first oh, yeah. like number of times I see somebody, uh-huh. um, there um, are a number of instances in this, but one of the most like uh, hilarious in the past is there was a girl that like I think she was one of Angie's students when Angie was teaching, mm-hmm. um, who was in the same major as me, and I probably had like four classes with her, <laughs> and Angie was like, "Oh, I think you're taking classes with my friend, or with with my former student Shelby." And I was like, oh, okay, like, can you show me pictures of her? And she did. And then I was like, uh, and then finally this girl like came up to me and was like, hey, you're Angie's boyfriend, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. She's like, hey, I'm Shelby. I was like, okay, nice to meet you. And literally the next day in class, I was like, I don't know who that girl is. Um, <laughs> I guess, so I, th- I think I have some sort of facial blindness when like, it isn't like really important for me yeah. to, right. to know who this person is. And I think that vice principal trucks falls into this because <laughs> I was like, okay, Clint. All right. She's talking to Clint. Um, That's probably what threw you off. Cause I don't think we knew that his name was, was Clint. also that. Yeah. 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 So. Well, yeah, I, I believe your face blindness uh, thing too, but <laughs> yeah, she's talking to, so it's vice principal trucks outside the pep rally. Um, about how Tammy is basically Clint Clint Trucks is <laughs> um, Trucks. what a name um, <laughs> is telling Tammy that she's literally like legally required to call CPS on the McCoys yeah. after what she saw. Yep, mandatory reporter that whole that whole thing. Um, she has no choice in the matter. This guy really just serves no other purpose than to. <laughs> dump bad news bad news Tammy. that's all he yeah. does they brought him out of we haven't seen him for like almost the entire season and yeah. they had to bring him out of retirement to to bring this news to tammy but um yeah mandatory reporter i have i've been in several positions where Ooh. that is the case and i have also had to 
you know, call CPS for issues and get in the middle of all that crap. And then of course, you know, we were foster family right. for, for a long time. And so you get in the middle of all these things and hearings and all sure. that. And let me tell you there, I cannot think of a more messy, painful, uh, complicated, uh, arena of life than the whole child protective I services. Imagine thing um yeah. yeah woof so not envious of tammy and coach but obviously the right thing to do right yeah yeah absolutely after what was yeah seen. um you have a good relationship with um millie and benny's parents though right yep yeah okay yep yep because okay. yeah they have the same that's what mom. i thought because i know that they're yeah yep, biologically a, yep that was a private adoption so um you know we got to meet her and that was like you know, her, her choice mm-hmm. as opposed to, um, you know, if you adopt out of foster care, that's a different right. situation. So, right. yeah, we've got a great, great, great relationship with Millie and, and Benny's mom. And yeah, it's, it's complicated for sure, but it's a, right. it's a pretty, pretty cool, right. beautiful thing. We go and yeah. see him, you go and see her every year down on, down in Florida. Right. That's that, what, so. yeah, that's what I thought. And I, yep, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so less messy in that situation, but this is a messy situation. Yes. But Tammy does pick up the phone. Uh, well, we, yeah, yeah. well, we get, we we get a short, yeah, coach comes out and coach comes out and talks about it. Um, that basically they agree that they have no choice, but to make the call. Yep. Tim and Lila, meanwhile, are waking up. Uh, I don't know if this is the next day or. I guess I don't remember if we see Tim at the uh, at the pep rally or not, but uh, but they're waking up. Lila makes her way to the bathroom. Uh, she's already disgusted at the state of the uh, the Riggins boys' bathroom. Uh, she sets down some coffee filters <laughs> as a barrier. Yes, um, on the toilet seat. And, uh, you know, everything already seems to be going wrong and it doesn't take long before Billy comes out in his undies and he has to, (laughs) he has to go at the same time. Uh, he walks in, sees her is immediately embarrassed. Uh, so he steps outside to pee in the kitchen sink, kitchen sink instead. Straight up peas in the sink. Uh, yes. So two questions about this for you. Number one, uh, if you're in a public restroom and uh, seat covers are available, do you do you take advantage of the seat cover, the paper seat cover, not the coffee filters, but like the seat cover? Um, I'll be candid and honest on this. I never have used a a seat cover on a public toilet. Oh wow! Okay, not yeah. not even once. I I mean, skin to skin. I don't think. Uh, to my knowledge spreads that much. I think it's more of a, like, I think it's more of a placebo than anything. Uh, those kind of things. So no, I've never used a, a public seat yeah, cover. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> that just reminded me of the, the clone high Gandhi has ADD <laughs> from toilet seats. <laughs> um, I think I'm one of those people who, um, uh, I was, I mean, I, w- I was never a, uh, you know, 
I, I took COVID very seriously, mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, for a long time, especially before I started dating Angie, I never got sick. And I, I think it's probably due to me having a strong immune system from not taking very many precautions uh, <laughs> sure. for things like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think that there is something to be said for having a strong immune system because I always give Andy crap because uh, I didn't get sick for like 12 years or something like that uh, between <laughs> like high school or like middle school and us dating. And then yeah. um, I've gotten sick like once a year since we started dating. Um and I was like, give her crap because I'm like, oh, it's your insistence on making me like take these weird precautions um, on doing <laughs> right. stuff. But, um, but no. So, question not number a, one: the answer is no. Okay. I'm not a. Me personally, it's more of a case by case basis. If the bathroom is gross and I feel like the toilet has not been cleaned, I'm not worried about like getting a disease or anything. But right. I also just don't want to touch other people's piss, I sure. guess, is yeah, more of my fair. thing. Absolutely. Um, so occasionally. Uh, second question, Billy is sporting the bikini briefs. They're not just mm-hmm. like uh, briefs, right. they're bikini briefs. Uh, mm-hmm. So what's your preference there? Um, in underwear? Yeah. I'm a boxer brief guy through and Absolutely. through. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we might have even talked about this. I think uh, we, I was going to say, I think we have before, but maybe that was. That's uh, what I assumed. But I feel like, don't you feel like that's kind of the standard these days? It, it I feel like it's got to be. Um, yeah, I have, I mean, I've worn, I well, never the bikini briefs, but I've done, <laughs> you know, the tidy whities. I've done boxers and I've done boxer briefs and boxer briefs are the only one. I can't imagine even going to anything else. Um, boxers no. are too, they're too loose. Too loose. Briefs are too tight. Too tight. Yep. Yep. So boxer briefs are just, they're the Goldilocks uh, <laughs> ratio for uh, sure. Yeah. I, I have uh very thick legs large thighs and so i Same. need i need the the leg protection down there so yep. uh, you know we're not rubbing in places that we shouldn't be rubbing and the uh the boxer briefs provide that while uh also providing a you know a small amount of support and containment that uh boxers do not so it's the way to go let me ask you a follow-up question yes are you a uh, over the fence or through the gate kind of guy? Oh, over the fence, one hundred. One hundred percent. I can't believe that there's people that wear briefs or boxer briefs that go through the gate. I no, occasionally you like will dig like dig in there to get it. Right. I occasionally will be like bored on my own time <laughs> and be like, "What would it be like to just go through the gate?" And I'll just be like, "That is so way too much work." And there's some people no. that go like. They don't even unbutton their pants. They go through the zipper. No, then that's you, like, insane. You got to wrestle it out then. Yeah. Well, and then like even you've got the, the, like you've got the potential danger of like yeah. the zipper cutting you up. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not providing you much wiggle room. Uh, I out there. don't yeah. understand that at all. No, there, there's, there is an objectively correct answer for this. Um, there, I feel like through through the gate is only for emergencies and specific situations. Right. I like, mean, I, I can see it with boxers. Boxers have the whole. I get that if right. you're a boxers guy, I it's guess, not as much overlapped then, as right. like boxer briefs. Right. So that could be. I think of times like when I was doing wilderness trips and. Uh, we did like a winter trip and, you know, you've got multiple layers on, you're trying, mm-hmm. you know, you got to deal with um, 
yeah, getting through all of that, and it's it it's much easier to go through the gate, um, and just kind because of, you kind of have a direct line <laughs> through all right, of your right. layers of clothing, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So right. like that's an instance I can think of where I would probably go through the gate, but no. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane to me that there's people that wear boxer briefs and not only go through the gate in their underwear, but that they don't even do the unbutton. They just go through the fly. Yeah, <laughs> insane. Beyond uh, me. You know, if uh, in the process you don't shake all the pee off and you get a little bit on your pants, there's a website <laughs> you can use. Yeah, calicocutpants.com. Calico-cut-pants.com. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> if you use it, you got to give. <laughs> All right. I am actually surprised I visited that URL every day since the yeah, new season aired, and I'm there. shocked that nobody today. has bought that URL. <laughs> All right. So there's our uh, underwear preferences yeah. and our public restroom uh, <laughs> tendencies. <laughs> so we can move on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having a little film session. Well, hold on. We got to we got to mention oh. this. This is important still. Oh, as, yes. As we did not. Billy is scrambling to the bathroom and ends up peeing in the sink. He tells Tim, uh, you gotta, we've got an opportunity. There's no time for school. You gotta come with me. Yep. You gotta see your future. Yeah. You gotta see your future as he's pissing. And so, yeah, we get a, a short little clip after that, where Billy is taking Tim and Lila to a, another like vacant lot situation. seems like it's outside of the city limits. Yes. Um, very, very graffitied. Yeah. Very beat up. Almost looks like an old farm. Yeah. Or something. Or yeah, an old ranch like a or something. Machine shed on an old yep. farm. Yeah. Um, but it's an old garage. There's a, a body of an old car inside <laughs> of the garage. Um, but he's, he's, I, I, it's hard to tell if he's purchased it already or if he plans to purchase it, but yep, not sure. um, he's going to call it Riggins Riggs. Yeah. Great name. Great name. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, so is this like his $14,000 that he's... I got to imagine that's what it is. Of? Yeah. He's, he's realized that Mindy isn't going to be able to retire off of that. So <laughs> yeah. he's going to invest it elsewhere. I wonder if Mindy's going to keep stripping when she's married. What's the what's like the standard there for... for I imagine it probably... De- I think it probably depends on the couple. And yeah. I imagine with this couple, she's going to keep stripping. Yeah, maybe just maybe she can you know slide into a uh, a different job at the club, right. you know, like uh, attending bar or working. Maybe attending bar. I was gonna say, here's the thing about stripping, and here's the thing about um, that. I think there's a uh, I think there's a conversation going on in these United States right now. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's a missing component that not a lot of people either want to talk about or are talking about. Um, There's a component that people are talking about, which is raising the minimum wage across the board, which is a good idea. Um, There's another component that people are talking about. I'm going to get controversial here. Here we go. This isn't even Anthony. Not even Anthony gets political. It's Anthony gets controversial because I'm I'm probably maybe arguably piss off the other side right now. Okay. As somebody who worked uh, serving a serving job at three separate restaurants um, and made, I literally have checks from Brocco that are made out to me for $0. 
Um, I'm not sure how that happened legally. I asked a lawyer about it once, a lawyer, a friend of mine, and he kind of explained how it is legal. Like if you're making enough in tips, they can legally pay you $0, um, which is insane. But I think there's a, there's a faction of people in this country that say we should pay servers a living wage, which I agree with. But the idea is what if we paid a living wage and took away tips? And I think if Mm -hmm. that were to happen, um, I think you'd see a lot of career servers leave the profession. Yeah. Um, The money that I was making, especially when I worked in Okaboji, um, I made $12,000 in like just over three months. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And fifteen dollar minimum. It wasn't. It wasn't from. It wasn't from my wages. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was literally like that's just how much money. I, I mean, if I didn't make two hundred and fifty dollars, it was probably a bad day. It was. It was literally a thing where I. I mean, I've I've probably told you this personally before, but I mean, it was. I mean, I was twenty six years old, so I still had that youthful vigor. <laughs> um, and I mean, I was. I mean, we work every day and then we would go out every night and Mm -hmm. you just it would be so hot and it was an outdoor restaurant that you'd sweat out your hangover the next day like probably you know uh an hour or so into your shift Mm -hmm. but like it was i mean and you'd just be like oh hey i think i served your table earlier let me buy you a drink i mean it was just that (laughs) because you and you you'd wake up the next morning and the flea would fly out of your uh wallet or whatever but like (laughs) i mean if I could have done that year round, I mean, I, if I could do that year round right now, if I had the energy to do it too, yeah. I probably would. But, um, you know, the consistent paycheck is pretty dope. Uh, that I make right now, but, but I really do think that I think if you cut the tipping aspect out, don't get me wrong. I think we should pay servers a living wage, but I think if you cut tipping out, you'd have a lot of the best servers. Right. In this country, leave the profession yeah. uh, for something else. So, there you go. And they 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 tried to say that you didn't learn anything at Okaboji University. <laughs> Sounds like you got a a, a healthy uh, healthy education in in economics. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It was uh yeah, I think it's just something to think about. Um, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Uh the system that we have currently is total bullshit and um if you're not in that right climate I mean, don't get me wrong. I got introduced to serving in literally probably the best way that you can in the Midwest. I can't think of any other place. I mean, maybe if you're, because I think Minneapolis, they pay minimum wage plus tips. Hmm. Um, I might be wrong about that. I think that might be like a city of, city of Minneapolis thing. Okay. So you, you could probably do pretty good there. But like, I mean, as far as uh, the red states go, um, you're probably not going to do as well as I did, uh, probably anywhere in the Midwest. So, yeah. Yeah. um, and especially for an introductory job, I mean, I worked two more jobs in Brookings that, uh, I actually had my best day of serving ever in Brookings, but, um, as far as consistency, never got as good as Bochi. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think there's something to be said for, um, for that, I, I think there's probably a, a meet in the middle system that we can do. I think, you know, sir, or restaurants can afford to pay their servers more 
while still allowing the tipping aspect. Mm-hmm. I think if you take tipping away, you're probably going to get the best servers in this industry pursuing other careers. Yeah. So. I think tipping is a weird system, but I enjoy it. Absolutely is. But it's, I enjoy but it's, tipping. it's here. I like to be able to like give my money directly to for sure the person that that helped me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like it's a weird system, but I also kind of enjoy it. And I mm-hmm. I don't know. We try and teach our kids to be generous and stuff, and I feel like that's a great way to like actually absolutely live that out to a certain extent. So uh, I've never worked any sort of serving job whatsoever. So I don't, I don't know f- what it's like from that side of things, but appreciate your perspective on it. Don't remember why we were talking about it at all. I don't remember either. Uh, oh, we were talking about Mindy and leaving her job for, oh, yeah. Um, and so the point I think I was trying to make is that she's probably wouldn't want to move to another job, especially if it didn't involve tipping. So I think, the point I was trying to make was I think she could do the bartending thing, but I don't think she'd want to move to any other aspect of the landing strip. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just trying to get all of the dead skin (laughs) off of my shoulder. And I I know it probably looks very weird, but no, I was noticing that you had uh, some peeling going on there. All right. So Billy has a plan for his $14,000. Um, Tim seems fairly into it. Feel free to cut all of that out. <laughs> no, uh, I thought that was good stuff. Uh, but yeah, Tim. Tim seems to feel positively about it. Yeah, Tim is very supportive of Riggins rigs. Lila kind of has a. I felt like she had to look like, oh, oh, yikes! This is <laughs> questionable at best. Which um, is also fair. I mean, given the location. Like I said, it looked pretty run down. It looked like it probably was previously owned by Guy or um, <laughs> not a guy, was, but no. Guy. <laughs> yeah. He had a meth lab in there. Yeah. His meth lab is is this uh, garage. Yeah. Um, so then we're at, uh, we see the P- Dylan Panthers. They're having a little film session uh, studying. Mac McGill stuff. is back. Yes, he is. Yep. He's back. We get a little like he I didn't quite catch all the dialogue about him like saying like oh I gotta take these pills for my ticker so he's a Did he? something, I, but it was I also I was distracted that. during the scene. I was watching this with the whole fam. Mm-hmm. Uh so I missed that. But it was yeah, good to see Mac McGill back. Um I guess I didn't realize, but we don't see Wade. Do we see Wade Aikman later? Not in this episode, no. No. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I was keeping an eye out for him as well. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any notes on the film session except film session. Yeah. I literally just Mac is back on the coaching staff is all that I had. They, they mentioned, I remember that they mentioned that they're big. They, we, we hear that they're they're monsters. Yep. Uh, okay. So the next scene, Tammy and Julie are looking at Matt's art part portfolio. Yep, Tammy's impressed. I stopped and paused on each page. Oh. It's some weird stuff, man. <laughs> the first page is like some it's like a the first drawing. It's like a a big heart, but it's kind of like there's a guy wrapped up in it, but it looks like he's drawing in like an anime style. Sure. 
It's always one of those aspiring like artists. Mm-hmm. Um, the next page, she turns the page. It's like weird, gross vegetable people. They're like mm-hmm. wrinkly vegetables, but with like ugly human faces on them. Uh-huh. Weird. The next page is another anime looking dude, but he's got like a giant Fu Manchu and it's like a full page drawing of just this like anime dude's head with a, a long Fu Manchu mustache. So that's what, those are the the pictures that Matt is drawing while he listens to Bob Dylan. Sure. I was not paying that close of attention. I think I was just, I think I was writing notes so furiously. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I appreciate your attention to detail. Um, the thing, I think I must've noticed the second page yeah. that you talked about. Um, and it kind of reminded me of, like the artwork that Rob Zombie did for the Beavis and Butthead movie. <laughs> I have not seen of like that. almost like the zombie looking people. But yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, it's I mean, not bad. Like I couldn't draw that well, no. but also like seemed very cartoony as as far as art yes. goes. Yes. Yes. Uh no, it was not bad at all. Just weird subject matter in a weird yeah. style. Um, especially that's art baby to art school <laughs> i guess yeah they're talking about um <laughs> uh matt potentially getting into art school in chicago um mm. which that's one of the big ones right the art institute of chicago oh yeah a big absolutely deal. yeah so matt's uh getting some big dreams right now um yeah. seems to be going for it going after the art art school dream yeah we get a little bit of a what I kind of inferred as an unspoken Julia is supportive, but also like you can kind of see a nervousness in yes. her face suggesting like, Oh, Chicago. Yeah. That's yeah. And Matt, Matt says, well, I, I still, I have to get in, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of is like, well, it's, you know, right. don't get worried yet. But, but yes, Julie is not crazy about the idea. It seems like, we see Landry helping Tyra with her college stuff, the essay that she's writing, and he straight up tells Tyra, I really do hate this paper. I hate it. Yeah, he is critiquing it pretty hard. It apparently references Applebee's a number of times. <laughs> That's like the theme um, of the essay. App- working at which, Applebee's as a metaphor for life. Which as like a grammar stickler and a person who like... I feel like when I see really bad writing, I'm like, okay, this is pretty bad. I mean, we've heard of my my reviews of Movie Dude one, <laughs> right? And the way he was um, like critiquing it, I was like, this sounds bad, but not like as bad as he's as he's making it out to be. Like, it actually seems like she's trying to at least like make a comparison, <laughs> which I think is at least there's something there. Like there's right. at least some content there. I always think about, um, there's an advanced writing class. We've talked about this advanced writing class, uh, <laughs> yes. at the Bruns. pimp juice. Yeah. <laughs> I was bruns. And I remember, uh, <laughs> pimp juice. um, I remember, uh, the person who wrote about pimp juice and another, uh, girl in that class, there was a writing assignment that we had. I won't her names because I don't want to embarrass them too much. But I remember um, we had to like grade each other's papers. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I remember me and Colin Duffy uh, were grading these two young ladies' papers. And we were like going all out, like literally writing on it. Like, don't ever try to write for a living. Like, this is bad. <laughs> you know, 
And that was when I learned about constructive criticism. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I've gotten a lot better about that <laughs> um, in my elder years. But I always think about that, about Bruns teaching us like, you need to learn to be constructively critical because you are literally just <laughs> crapping all over these girls, um, which we definitely, we definitely were. And I feel like that's what uh, Landry is doing to this paper. And I feel like this paper is better than the papers that we read in uh, advanced writing. Sure. In yeah. Landry, Landry straight up says, I thought this was pretty clever, brutal, but clever. Uh, this paper reads like a five page needlepoint pillow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty good. good. Pretty good. We go from there to the McCoy household where there's a knock at the door yep. and uh, CPS has arrived. <laughs> they are going to have a little interview with the McCoys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. They split up JD and his parents. Um, JD is obviously very distressed by the situation, just wants it all to be over. He's defending his dad. Meanwhile, Joe over in the kitchen just can't keep his weird, angry dad mouth shut, even for this. Like, obvious, this guy's a psychopath. This guy's an obvious psychopath. It's... Uh, He can't keep his cool, even when they're saying, like, hey, we could, you know take your kid away, remove him from you. If you can't <laughs> calm yourself down, down. Um, but can't do it. Cause he is a weird, angry freak. <laughs> Ma and Matt Saracen, uh, at the Saracen household talking about Chicago art school in the kitchen and grandma Saracen overhears. Yeah. She's in the dining thing. room. Yep. Well, Chicago, that's all the way up in Illinois. <laughs> Pronounces it with a hard S at the end. Illinois. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's not happy about it. It's too far for him to go. At which point, Ma Saracen chimes in. Well, I was thinking maybe I'd stay with you, Lorraine. And I'm just like, shut up, Ma Saracen. That is not a helpful thing to bring up right now. You know that's not But at the same time, like, what else can you do? Like, if Matt's gonna go. Yeah. Like somebody has got to clearly take care of her, like maybe squash the beef grandma. But at the same time, I under, yeah, it's, it's kind of a catch 22. Yeah. I, I just mean, not now. Uh, right. Not, don't, not now when grandma's already pissed, you're right. just going to piss her off more. So meanwhile, at practice, practice, talking coach, about practice, coach makes an announcement that Lance, Lance, <laughs> Yes, he brings it back. Lance has earned a, a spot on the special teams squad. <laughs> Let's hear it for Lance. He literally says the name Lance like five times. <laughs> Which we know, we've established that Coach knows dang well his actual name. Um, Maybe. It's just a bit now. It's got to be Coach's greatest bit. It's an <laughs> excellent bit. <laughs> I love it because he just he he doesn't play it like a bit. It's just no, it's he very plays it like he genuinely doesn't know Landry's name. Yeah, Landry's a name. <laughs> yeah, uh, great uh, so Lance is going to be playing at state. Yeah, uh, great surprise. Weird time to make yeah, that decision. Absolutely. Special teams, maybe a little more wiggle room there to be making those decisions, but still weird. Weird time. Uh, yeah, we just had to get Landry some 
some air time, you know, yeah. some good screen time. Let him be the hero one more time. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert, but you've probably seen the episode already. <laughs> um, after practice, JD walks into the coach's meeting and confronts coach about calling child protective services. Yeah, coach admits that he made the call, even though he technically did not. Um, he owns up to it and kind of explains to JD that he's legally required to in the situation that he witnessed. Yep. JD's pretty pissed off about it, which I understand JD's uh, perspective. Yeah, definitely. On this for sure. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but I think this is a an excellent and almost makes me wonder how much the writers had decided prior to this, like the last mm-hmm. two episodes. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is a perfect um, transition from JD being a sympathetic character to him, like turning heel exactly. real fast. I put that in my notes later on during the game. Like this is JD's heel turn right here. For sure. <clears throat> yeah. We didn't really like JD that much before, but, but he- we felt sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah, but he he turns villain in this. And I think the writers did know because they've been setting up spoiler alert for next season. Uh close your ears for a couple seconds if you don't want to hear. I won't say directly, but like they've been setting up the Wade Aikman thing. Right. Um, for the last few episodes with replacing Mac McGill and all mm-hmm. that. So I think they did know what they were doing. They must have, yeah. It's just it's weird that like up until even the last episode, which is two episodes from the finale like they hadn't even mentioned East Dillon like it gets brought up real fast and I wonder if maybe they were like trying to figure out a way or what but it it does work out well it works out very very well but yeah yeah maybe that's true maybe they didn't fully have that figured out maybe they were you know keeping it open to maybe like Wade Aikman and JD McCoy pushing coach out in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. you know but they weren't sure how they were going to yeah, do it yet. This route, um, but, but yes, it's pretty crazy how we can go from uh, seeing a kid get <laughs> beat up by his dad in one episode to then mm-hmm. having that kid be the bad guy. Uh, and in the and not only not only all of that, but like the way that they did it is so relatable. Like yeah. them encroaching on their family like i'm sure in his situation like yeah like that was a really rough moment with my dad but he's still my dad like this is still my family like gotta hand it to him very well done yep yep definitely understand it same thing with katie mccoy later on yep totally get it uh yep Absolutely. And, and that's how, yeah, family dysfunction continues to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, so they're, uh, well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's going back to what we, what I talked about, especially in season one with the Colettes and like the cycle of poverty, like it's the cycle of abuse, like, right. um, you know, not wanting to admit, you know, um, this family member, your parent who has watched over you there or your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, it makes it real easy to think about the good times and excuse the really unacceptably bad times. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. A really, really human picture we're getting here. Absolutely. Um, So, which is another, I mean, I, I mentioned this with the, um, the Colette stuff back in season one, but, uh, you know, it's a great 
display, I think, of um, not only these things happening, but exactly how they happen. I think there's so many people who grow up in pretty well-adjusted households um, that maybe look upon situations like this and don't realize exactly how they happen. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's such a good display of that because I, I literally can't think of another example of that on television. So I, I, you know, it's one of those things that I just really love about the show. I've already talked about the whole thing with the Colettes as well. I think Mm -hmm. it's just such a great example for, for somebody from the outside looking in to see why um, some of these things happen and why you maybe can't understand as an outsider why they happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the writers uh, mm-hmm. on this one because very, very, very well done. Brilliantly um, done. Yep. Pretty impressive. Uh, so in the process of all this, um, you know, JD asks if it's because he coach hates Paul McCoy, coach assures him it's not. JD kind of ends the conversation with, I play football for you, coach. That's, That's it. it. Yep. Yeah, coach. Um, I got to say, coach plays it cool, too, because he's like, you may perceive it that way that I hate your father. I don't hate your father. But like this was a situation in which I was legally required to make this call. I didn't want to do it, but yep, here we are. Um, so, yeah, you got to hand it to coach uh, on that one. Yes. Uh, we see Buddy and Lila. They're getting lunch together. I think at the Alamo Freeze. They are at the Alamo Freeze branded cups. Uh, oh. They apparently got rid of the Dairy Queen branded cups. They did have. I did notice because I was like, I think this is at the Alamo Freeze, and I did notice that they had the the Alamo, Alamo Freeze, Freeze cups. cups. So. Well, there you go. They've run out of the leftover Dairy Queen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess we got to start branding our own. <laughs> yep. We're not changing the sign though, <laughs> and we're not calling it anything but a blizzard. <laughs> buddy apologizes to lila wants her to move back in and she agrees she says yep i'll move back in the riggins house is gross um buddy is like oh so the honeymoon is over then which at that point i'm kind of like jeez buddy yeah. like you just got your daughter back now you're gonna give her crap for her for her boyfriend like immediately Pick your spots, man. (laughs) Like take your, take your wins, take your wins. Don't push it, man. And you, yeah. His victory doesn't last long because, uh, I can't remember how she tells him. She says, no, the honeymoon is not over. And actually I'm going to San Antonio state next year with Tim and probably we're going to get a place together. (laughs) Yep. I don't know that we get a buddy reaction from that i so put in my notes like, that he okay. seems disappointed so okay. um yeah he yeah. definitely seems defeated and well you know yeah. come on buddy landry tells tyra that he's playing at state he says cancel i don't know what kind of crap seats that you have but cancel <laughs> them um i've got i can get you some better seats <laughs> slightly less crappy seats. yes yeah, slightly less crappy <laughs> seats um tyra says hey i have to work on this essay that you just crapped all over (laughs) um so i can't go i i can i cannot make the game happen yep uh landry's pretty bummed about that he was pretty much breathlessly 
telling Tyra <laughs> that he was going to play it. I think he ran to her home. Yeah. That's her. He's bummed. Uh, later at a party at the Riggins household. Yeah. Landry is annoying two other football players who we don't know. No, generic football players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't, by the way, I don't know what happened to Jamarcus, the guy who yeah, set no. the people's hair on fire three weeks ago. <laughs> no. Gone forever. Yep. Um, but, uh, I mean, why couldn't you just bring him in for this scene? Um, right. That would have been but, a nice way to ease him in there. <laughs> yeah. They probably just didn't want to pay him or something. Yeah. Like you have a recurring person on, you got to right. start paying him money. Yeah, I probably know. gave him a one episode but deal. He but. was critical to the success of the team three mm-hmm. episodes ago. Yeah. But now he's, yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Landry's annoying two other players uh, about the Tyra drama. They're basically like, we don't care. Let's take a shot. Yep. Landry starts drinking. Next day, the team is leaving for state. Uh, Big old send off. We get a shot of Tim and Lila uh, smooching right by Buddy there, which was a nice touch, I thought. Mm -hmm. Saracen. uh, Everybody's loaded up on the bus. We got a we get a quick scene of of Coach talking to Joe. Yes. Um, Joe basically tries to play it cool, but he is obviously furious. Yeah. He's got the Steve Erickson sunglasses on, mm. looking straight forward. We get a shot like of of uh like the side of Coach's head and just JD McCoy's sunglasses reflecting <laughs> uh Coach Taylor <laughs> off of them. Yep. Um, um yeah. Their coaches like trying to say like, hey, I care about JD. You care about JD. Like, hopefully we can work together for the good of this kid. Um, and Joe's just kind of playing it off. I don't yep. know how to explain. Yeah. Just, doing, just but. being smug and playing it off and basically playing the, like, he's playing mental chess, like acting like he's like one step ahead of coach and just being like, I'm over it. But clearly he's not like he's, (laughs) he's so like giving away his poker face. Like he's clearly so pissed off, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so we see everybody's loaded up on the bus. Saracen is calling Landry because he hasn't seen him all morning. Landry's not on the bus. Uh, Landry finally answers the phone. He turns out he has been passed out on the Riggins floor all night. Yeah. Slept through. Yeah. Getting on the bus, all that. So the bus is leaving without him. Which Indy, luckily. Oh, sorry. Which, uh, I feel like would probably be a bigger deal if one of the players was not on the bus. Uh, that would be a problem. So, I, I, I've got a, a bus related question to ask you in the next yeah. scene, but I got to talk about this. Do you remember um, there was a football game um, that uh, me and Inc. got like stuck out in some mud prior <laughs> to the football game? Do you remember this? No, I don't. Um, so there's a, uh, like a football game. I don't know where the game was. I, d- I didn't end up going, so I wouldn't have been filming. <laughs> Hubert must have been filming that week. Um, but me and Ink were like on some side road, kind of by the cemetery in Platt, um, yeah. like north of town. And um, we were on some side road and we got stuck. I remember, you know, Ink's, it was he was driving that white Taurus. Yes. And I remember it was just 
caked with mud and we got stuck. And he was like, I got to make to the football game. You know, and I remember like we had to go to what I realized later was Ty Dean's parents' house. Oh. And like we went up and like knocked on the door and we're like, can we borrow your phone? Cause like cell phones like oh, yeah. weren't a regular thing at the time. And I had to like call my grandpa to be like, hey, can you come pull us out of this mud? Jeez. And I remember hearing the story that like, cause like it was cutting it so close that like ink showed up on the bus, like covered in mud. <laughs> it's coming back to me now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> but he did make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He did make it. I feel like I also, I remember it because um, I feel like Ink showed up on the bus. Uh, I don't completely remember the covered with mud thing, but I remember that he showed up and like the school was already locked up. And so he didn't have his pads or his helmet or right. anything. And so then it was like, uh, Hurt was even more pissed because mm-hmm. he like had to go unlock the doors and mm-hmm. so he could get all the stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a me and ink adventure for sure. Well, at least you weren't, uh, you guys weren't passed out on the floor. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like no alcohol really not go over well, yeah. which I, I don't know, maybe this happens, but I feel like have throwing a huge house party at like one of the most notorious houses in town right. the night before you leave for state is a terrible idea. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so yes, Landry gets Mindy to give him a ride. Cause obviously Mindy stayed over cause it's Billy's house. Mindy gives him a ride back to the Colette household where does this all happen all in this one scene? Yes. Um, gives him a ride back to the Colette household and he asks Tyra who is already up working on her college essay, um, to drive him to Austin Tyra agrees to drive him, but he has to help her with the essay. Yeah. Um, we get a little scene, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about too, yeah. uh, where the, the team is doing some chants on the way <laughs> to Austin. Yes. Um, can we talk about some of the um, the Platt High, Platt Geddes High? Uh, well, well, at that time, Platt, it was... Yeah, it it was, was only, yep. Was was your senior year was by that point was it PGDC or was it no, just Platt? Oh, okay, I was, I was a pure Panther, a pure Platt Panther all okay. my years. Yep. Okay, so you probably missed out. God, because wasn't like Dusty Reeling and Brady Copal weren't they in your? But Dusty was, he was uh, at. He didn't. He was what at DC by that point. I thought. Man, I don't think was was the was the was the Oreo cookie chant going on when you were a senior? No, I've okay. Then maybe God, then maybe was Brady in my class? Then maybe that's because I think my senior year was the uh, PGDC inaugural year. Okay, which um, uh, (laughs) there was this uh, because Brady Copal, yeah, he must have been in my class. I thought he he and Dusty were in the same class. I know Dusty was for sure in your class. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, <laughs> there was a regular thing where on the way back from games, win or lose, mostly win. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, cause I was on, I was filming games. Um, there was a, uh, chant that was from a Oreo cookie commercial <laughs> that went something like this. Oh, 
Oh, ice cold milk and an Oreo cookie will together feel forever like a. It's a perfect combination. Oh, Oreo. <laughs> and while we were doing the Oreo, Brady would like come up with, he'd do these like, I'm Randy Jackson. And if you don't like an Oreo cookie, whatever. Yep. And then it would start over again. <laughs> and so there was that. And then there was like a, a constant J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets um, <laughs> chant that would happen on the bus. So uh, I had those memories and I knew that Brady Copal was behind those. Uh, yeah. For sure, the Oreo cookie one. Yeah, I must have got the Oreo cookie one secondhand because I have memories of that, but it could totally be secondhand memories. Right. Um, I think Austin Ringling is actually yep. where I heard it from. So yep. that would Austin sense. would have been there for sure. Yep. 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 <laughs> no, that's funny. No, we, we only had... Really, only had one chant um, when 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 I was riding the bus for the Platte Black Panthers, and that was uh, the classic. Our bus driver's name was Randall. Who's got big balls? Who's got big balls? Randall's, Randall's got, got big balls. balls. Yeah, <laughs> which would happen when we left, that. and then you know when we were pulling out, that would always happen. And then if there was any like impressive busing maneuver yeah. that Randall if there was pulled. like road construction that you didn't <laughs> think that a bus could get through and Randall would pull it it would always yep. do uh, who's got big balls <laughs> Randall's got big balls yeah. call and response yep um, so that's really the only thing we had <laughs> the, the chance on the Dylan bus were kind of weird yeah I mean I think I feel like it was classic like high school football rah rah bullshit <laughs> you know yep uh so there is a uh, scene out in the, uh, it's pre-game, uh, probably like a day before, and Matt is giving interviews out on the field, and we've got Grandma and Julie out in the stands. Grandma kind of asked Julie about Matt's art. She is apparently oblivious <laughs> to Matt enjoying drawing pictures. Yeah. I don't even want to get her started on Bob Dylan, but <laughs> she is oblivious to... Uh, Matt drawing picture. She's like, did you know that Matt's interested in art? And Julie's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and grandma's like, grandma's like, I assumed he was going to play football. He really loves football. <laughs> yeah. And Julie's kind of like, yeah, but I don't know if he wants to pursue that professionally. I think he's probably better at art. Um, it's Julie, a nice way to put it, Julie, I guess. Yeah. Um, but Julie and Grandma do have a nice like moment where they kind of yep. connect on both being like, yeah, we want him to pursue his dreams, but we yes. also don't want him to leave our like general vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. Two awful people connecting on a <laughs> very, yeah, deep emotional level. Gotta say they are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry, we we overdo it on the Julie hate, and we definitely overdo it on the grandma hate. We but do. I just, it's, it's just I, and I've is. given I've given my excuse. Uh, grandma Saracen reminds me so strongly of a coworker that I used to have that was the absolute worst. Oh yeah. Um, and so whenever I think of uh, Grandma Saracen, I think of Sue, <laughs> the worst coworker uh, of all time. So, um, it's not Grandma's fault. If I um, if it weren't for her, I would probably view this show through a very different lens or at least grandma's character through a very different lens. But unfortunately, um, 
Uh, I I have some grandma hate. Josh, on the other hand, does not have the excuse of that. Josh is just a bad person. So no, grandma, I think floppy steaks, <laughs> hair slicked back. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's that. Uh, grandma, grandma touches on and exposes the the deepest darkest fears I have in my the sure. depths of my soul. So that's probably why I hate grandma. Although yeah, they say you can't I do it. Eat. I do enjoy an occasional sloppy steak. They can't it's, stop you from yeah, ordering yeah. a glass you of water. You can't order a sloppy steak, but they can't order you from ordering a steak and a glass of water. <laughs> uh, if I had any hair at all, I would slick it straight back. But <laughs> hate grandma. Uh, so they. I'm bond. kind of afraid your baby thinks people can't change. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's another show. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you guys are enjoying that one as well. All right. Um, coach pulls JD aside, kind of amidst all the interviews going on and tells him, Hey, the team is depending on you. Um, that means there's a freedom, not a, a pressure, which I didn't completely understand where coach was coming from there. I feel like that, wasn't completely pl- a played out thought, but, mm-hmm. um, but he, he asked JD to try to leave, you know, try to leave it off the field, the yeah. CPS situation off the field. Um, probably easier said than done. Coach. Yeah. JD isn't very responsive, nope. uh, in this conversation. Nope. Uh, he kind of gives him a yes, sir, but it's pretty half-assed after coach kind of demands that he acknowledge yes. <laughs> what right. he's saying. Um, Tammy runs into Katie McCoy in public. Uh, it's hard to tell exactly. Yeah. Where they are. Um, Katie McCoy is pretty pissed off. Um, I didn't write down the quote. I don't know if you did, but, um, it was something along the lines of, uh, you'll have to, I think, uh, sorry, Tammy says something along the lines of like, you'll have to forgive me. Like I literally had to legally do what I had to do. And, Mm -hmm. Katie McCoy basically says, like, you'll have to forgive me, but I don't want anything. Like, you'll forgive me if I don't want anything to do with you for yes. the rest of our lives. Yep. Um, Tammy takes that a little hard and looks like. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, kind of understandable all around here. Um, very awkward uh, interaction, but kind of get where everybody's coming from at the same time. Um, I apologize. I have another sidebar that we need to talk about real quick because in this next scene, Tyra and Landry are driving to state, which is in Austin this year. Do you think that um, Dylan got downgraded in a, like uh, um, a level or um, do you think that state just changes hands every year because yeah. um they're playing at like the the longhorn stadium mm-hmm. um which is a massive stadium yeah. and a big deal but it's not jerry yeah. world right uh i just assu- yeah i just assumed that they were rotating but this also would have been a little surprised too this also would have been roughly the time that at&t stadium was probably going up right maybe yeah, i'm maybe. off in that because so WrestleMania was held at AT&T Stadium in 2016 and Vince McMahon is like obsessed with breaking in new stadiums oh, like yeah. being the dude to do it. Uh-huh. So maybe I am off by like 
a few years, but um, so maybe like Cowboys Stadium wasn't like what it was in 2006, 2007, but. Hmm. Yeah, I really have no idea. It did seem like a downgrade, even though, like you said, the the Texas A&M Stadium, I'm sure, is huge and awesome and a really big deal, but didn't seem like quite as big a deal as Cowboy Stadium. So I'm doing the, oh, well, here it is. I bet this does have something to do with it, is that it looks like um, ATT Stadium went up on May 27th, 2009, and oh, this yeah. was this took place in December of 2008. So I wonder if maybe they were between stadiums. So they weren't mm-hmm. well, because the Cowboys would have still been playing at that time. So they probably weren't between stadiums. Like one wasn't completely torn down or anything, but right. I bet, uh, I bet that had something to do with it, but they were probably like, well, you can't hold it here again because this is going to be, you know, uh, mm. this is going to be obsolete in like a few months. So they went to uh, to the Longhorn Stadium instead. Yeah, that that's probably it. I feel like when I was watching, I had just the thought of, oh, I guess they couldn't afford to rent <laughs> it out again, but right for filming. But uh, the AT and T Stadium Wikipedia page got me. Uh, already down a Wikipedia <laughs> hole of list Sorry. of largest video screens. Um, oh yeah, China, 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 <laughs> China, 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 wow. China, down to number eight. Oh wait, no, what's Phoenix Island? I don't know what that is. Dactronics, baby. That's I was gonna it. say, I wonder how many of those are Dactronics uh, screens. The third, the eighth, the ninth, the fourteenth. Yeah, they're they're representing pretty yeah. good here. That's a South Dakota company. Breaking South Dakota, you love to see it. My uh, my stomping grounds for about eight and a half years. There you go. Home of some of the greatest, or at least biggest, maybe not greatest, but biggest LED screens. <laughs> yep. Made on right this uh, on this green earth. There you go. Landry and Tyra, yes, as we said, making their way uh, to state. They are working on the essay again, and Landry hates this one, too. Yeah, still unimpressed with it. Yep, says he doesn't think she believes any of it, and Tyra kind of goes off on him. Like, what, you think I should be honest about my crappy life? Um, And kind of lists all the reasons, you know, all the says She says, do you think I should be honest about how this, this, and this? And the last thing that she mentioned is this. And should I mention how I had enough uh, up until about two and a half years ago, I had enough hate in my heart to start a car uh-huh. and Landry kind of oh. uh, pursues that and says, well, talk about how you yeah, like what, what changed. changed. Mm-hmm. And Tyra says the catalyst former uh, plot go to band <laughs> catalyst um, legends, the, <laughs> the catalyst for uh her changing her heart was Jason street getting paralyzed um, that she realized that even somebody with so much privilege um, could still catch a crap hand here and there. Yep. Um, And then she says, well, then I made friends with Julie and then uh, principal Taylor started taking interest in me. And then I met you. Yep. Um, So things all changed. 
just like the series started with with uh, Jason Street getting paralyzed, and that kind of changed her as a as a human being. And I think this is it's a nice little moment. It is, it is. And Landry's taking it all down. He's mm-hmm. writing it all down as she talks, and that's going to be the basis of her new newest essay, newest attempt at an essay. Next, we see Matt and Tim like walking around Austin at the Texas State Capitol. Like at by night. the Capitol, yeah, yeah. Been there, uh, been inside that there. Um, pretty sure they would have a curfew uh, that they would need to be. You think so? At the hotel. But you got to remember it's December, so it's it might be like six thirty p.m. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, I feel like they wouldn't give high school boys free reign of Austin, Texas, the night before state, but you know. You never know. Um, you know, when I, uh, we took our senior trip to Pierre, the capital uh-huh. of South yep. Dakota, yep. Um, there was a uh, probably like two or three hour uh, little window there where um, two and three of my friends just walked to like the Pierre library and hung out there for a little <laughs> while, which was like, Okay. You know, a pretty decent ways away from uh, the capital. So I think you'd be surprised Man. at how little, uh, you know, control you have over, <laughs> I suppose, you know, 40 bodies. I suppose that was like uh, the band trip uh, to Valley Fair and Mall of America, where they just right. like set us loose in the Mall of America for four hours. And yeah. but anyway. Uh, so we both have examples of why exactly this would happen. It, it could happen, but <laughs> but this is a little different because it's the night before the state football tournament, and right. I feel like you're running maybe a little bit tighter ship than. But it might be just seven p.m. because it's December, <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, I'm actually not really sure why this scene exists, except for them to say, uh, "Texas forever." Did they yeah. say that? Um, they don't say Texas. They say forever, no regrets. Yeah, we got Tim and Matt. Um, they're kind of discussing their future outside of the state capitol. Matt says, "What are you doing after this year?" Tim basically says, "I don't really want to think about it. I just want to think about tomorrow and whatever mm-hmm. comes after comes after." Matt finds a frisbee, <laughs> just covered in dog piss, just drugged. Uh, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> um, yeah, Tim says, "You sure you want to pick that up right now, Seven? It's probably covered in dog piss." They start tossing around the frisbee. They kind of have a nice little moment. Yeah. Uh, Tim says, last game ever. No regrets. Yeah. And that's you, know, you get it. that that feeling of finality. It's it's still, you know, we're, we're starting to, uh, Anthony's heartstrings are starting to get pulled and they're about to be uh, just about ripped out. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was weird. Like, the Capitol building... I suppose just to yeah. show that they're in Austin. Didn't need to have that. A frisbee? Yeah. Why a frisbee? <laughs> something to toss around. Something to like bring in that like team feeling of, you know. Could, could have been a football. They could have just been carrying a football around. Could have been. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Maybe like, like a, like a Nerf whistling football. That would have been, that would have <laughs> been it. That would have been dope. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yes, it's definitely meant to get your heartstrings primed for, for the sure tugging. it's it's one of those things we'll talk about it later but um one of those things that kind of gets you going that feeling of like i said uh finality that feeling of 
that I don't know that I'll ever feel again. Um, yeah. Uh, of just knowing that like, you've got a lot of life ahead of you, but this is the last time that you're going to do this specific thing. Mm-hmm. It's a weird feeling. It's a feeling that you can't really explain while it's happening. But once you look back on it, you're like, Oh man, never going to feel that again. Mm. Um, and we'll, we'll have more conversations about that as this uh, episode progresses. Yeah. It's already kind of, breaking my my heart open yeah. right here just hearing you like say I said, that but we're already starting to feel the, the the heartstrings of anthony get pulled so yep uh coach and tammy they're in the the hotel room in bed uh neither one of them can sleep coach has the line what are you doing over there you're running in place or something come on now <laughs> uh they go for a walk uh up to the roof of the hotel Coach says, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, babe. She says, well, you're going to win or you're going to lose. Either way, the sun's going to come up the next morning. Mm-hmm. So they have Life will go on. Yeah. Moments of connection up there. We get a little moment of this is what really got me. Uh, we've got uh, a voiceover of Tyra's essay while we kind of see what all the characters are doing. We see Coach and Tammy. We see Matt and Tim tossing the Frisbee, saw all this stuff, and we hear Tyra's essay, which I I wish, I mean, it, it was too long to have written down, but yeah. the whole thing had that exact feeling that I just described of that feeling of finality, but not finality, that feeling right. of we're never going to do this again. We've got a lot of life ahead of us. Who knows what's going to happen, but this particular thing will never happen again. And I got to say this really, uh, the whole thing. I'm not a, I told Angie after this episode, I'm not a real like cry at the end of movies kind of guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a pretty emotional person, but this kind of thing really gets me. I suppose maybe it speaks volumes as to me as a 33 year old (laughs) washed dude. Um, but, uh, that, uh, that high school emotion, I mean, of, like I said, uh, we've got a lot of life ahead of us, but this particular thing we'll never do again is really, like I said, I suppose it speaks volumes as to where I am as a person right now, but really, really got me. I think, yeah, man, you're, you're right on with that. Nailing nailing that emotion um yeah i just think a lot about you know how at that point in life there are things that are like a really 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 big deal to you um in the moment and looking back on them now it's like oh that was like really nothing nothing. but at the time it feels so huge but there, so there's like that, like the weight of the moment, but then there's also, yeah, like you're kind of alluding to here, this knowledge that like the world is still completely open to you at that mm-hmm. point. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can have, <laughs> this is going to sound like really resigned and I don't mean it to, but like you can have these huge, huge, huge dreams in all of that because yeah, like you have the time for that and everything's yep. wide open to you. And there's, I don't even mean this in a bad way because this is actually a beautiful thing, but like at this stage of life that we're in now, like 
there are things that have been decided. You're yep. you're on a path. Yep. Um, there are things that are now out of reach. Yep. To a certain extent, you know, mm-hmm. um, just because you've gone down a different path. And that I think that's the feeling that you're either alluding to or that I'm resonating with mm-hmm. as well. Just like that you can care really, really deeply about things that are happening right now uh, as a, as a high schooler or whatever, but then also have the knowledge that like anything is still, is still possible in the world yep. is wide open to you. Yeah. So here's, here's the quote from Tyra, the essay. Yes. Two years ago, I was afraid of wanting anything. I figured wanting would lead to trying and trying would lead to failure. But now I can't stop wanting. I want to fly somewhere in full first class. I want to travel to Europe on a business trip. I want to get invited to the White House. I want to learn about the world. I want to surprise myself. I want to be important. I want to be the best person I can be. I want to define myself instead of having others define me. I want to win and have people be happy for me. I want to lose and get over it. I want to not be afraid of the unknown. I want to grow up and be generous and big hearted the way that people have been with me. I want an interesting and surprising life. It's not that I think I'm going to get all these things. I just want the possibility of getting them. College represents possibility, the possibility that things are going to change. I can't wait. I have chills. I have literally (laughs) the hairs on my arms going up just reading that. Um, That is a, I think an all time quote from this show. Um, I think that is such an amazing representation of being that age and, and having those kinds of feelings and those kinds of, um, goals isn't even the right word. Just the, those aspirations, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, and to capture it, uh, I don't know how old these writers were at the time, but man, and especially not only capturing that feeling, but that feeling from Tyrus' perspective. Um, even just the beginning. Um, even I still resonate. The mm-hmm. I, I was afraid of wanting anything. I figured wanting would lead to trying, and trying would lead to failure. Like that is still something. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that like even reading that, I was like, oh my god! Like that is totally me now. <laughs> Man, that this, is this literally has me in my feelings so hard right now that I'm like seriously. almost shutting down and not wanting to talk about it because it's like <laughs> so emotional. For real. Yeah. For real. It is uh man, that is a yeah. Kudos uh to the writers and and just the way that they framed it too with the the voiceover and we're seeing everybody else doing everything and knowing that yeah. they're gonna move on. We mm-hmm. know that Tim's gonna move on, we know that Matt's gonna move on while this is going on. And yeah. it's uh what a scene. Uh up to this point is one of my favorite scenes of the show, maybe my favorite. It's just yeah. so well done. It's yeah. fantastic. I had no recollection of it either. It was like watching it for the first time. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that I, I knew that we like Same. loved Tyra and we loved her journey. Right. And, you know, I still don't remember exactly where she ends up, but 
Like, but I don't, I did not remember this specific scene or that. Yeah. Very emotional and profound, uh, soliloquy that she has there. Just so well done. Good stuff. So incredibly well done. Um, Uh, and, and for me to have read that in my voice and for Josh to have still (laughs) conveyed it and for me to, to still get chills from it. I think that's just something hopefully that did for something. Uh, hopefully that did something for, uh, all of you in, uh, Jamaica and Laos and, <laughs> yeah. and everywhere else. I so. assume it translates, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Landry loves it almost as much as we did. Uh, yeah. He's Landry almost crying. is, yeah, very emotional. Um, he is, uh, he tells her he loves it and they kiss. Yes, they do. Uh, it really gets them going and they seem to be in their own hotel room. So yeah, we can, that's, uh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if she just has her hotel room. I assume Landry should probably be with the team, but yeah, at this point he's and, already messed up. Yeah. Beyond. <laughs> yeah. Coach doesn't even seem aware that he's not yeah. there, but <laughs> all right. I had to switch over to a Sprite zero sugar after that. Cause I got too <laughs> emotional. I can't keep uh, can't keep drinking or I might go to a dark place or something. Right. So. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep drinking just because it might bring the show to a new level. You know, it might bring, <laughs> might bring something out of me. We'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. Doing it for the, doing it for the show. <laughs> Anything for the listeners. Exactly. Anything for our listeners in Laos. <laughs> the listeners are probably begging us to <laughs> shut a up. A couple of, uh, 30 some wash mother all right well we'll give the listeners what they want we'll keep keep it moving here uh it's time for state it's coach, game time yeah yeah coach gives his locker room speech it's another one of those kind of short underwhelming you you've, you're giving it's it good i liked up. it okay maybe uh, i'm thinking of the halftime speech but i'm okay the the before game was uh coach comes out. He says, let me ask you just one. Oh, yeah, question. You want to be champions. Can yeah. you play like champions? Yes, yeah, sir. That Let's one's go never mind. Win. I take back my thumbs up. I mean, it's not good. terrible, but it's also like you expect a bigger moment, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they go out. The Titans come out on this, on the field and they are big. Uh, mm-hmm. Their uniforms are awesome. They have, mostly black uniforms with some silver details, which is always a great look, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they immediately score a touchdown, like right off the bat. Um, the Panthers then get the ball. JD gets nailed. And then on the next play, throws a pick six. So immediately the Titans are up 14, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, JD's just getting killed out there. Um, and he's getting emotionally worked up. Yeah. He's um, acting like a real jerk. This is where I put this might be JD's heel turn yeah. right here. Like he's screaming at everybody and going nuts yep. and Yeah, he's blaming everybody but himself for for his own performance out there. Um he's struggling. Panthers are down 27 to 0 at the half. Yeah, JD throws another pick six. Yeah, another pick six. Yeah. Down 27-0 at the half. Things aren't looking good. Um Coach comes in at halftime, gives a pretty good speech, a good rallying speech. Yeah, I'd I'd call it a talking to. He gives him a talking. Yeah, to, he gives him a talking to. And, but it yes, it is rallying. 
right at the end of that, coach just kind of throws in there, JD, you're out. Matt, you're you're going in at quarterback. Change your pads. Yep. JD's pretty pissed off about this. Uh right off the bat, second half. Uh Panthers run back a uh fuel or Panthers run back a kickoff for a yep. touchdown. Start off the second half. Yep. Landry with the big block to mm-hmm. help make yeah. it happen. He actually gets yep. leveled right away and then <laughs> Stays after it and makes a huge block to yep. set up the touchdown. Yep. Um, Riggins also gets a TD in there. It's 27 14. We're seeing uh, Matt is just shining on the field. Riggins is shining. Yep. Next thing we know, Panthers are up. They take the lead. It's 28 to 27 with 90 seconds left in the game. The Titans start making progress downfield and there's. N- you know, just a few, six seconds left. Yep, correct. They decide to make a field goal attempt, and we learn from the commentary that the Titans have never missed a field goal this season from that range. Yep. Um, I got to tell you, Josh, first of all, we get a great music cue in here. Um, Baby Come On by Stephen Malkmus. I don't know if you're familiar with Stephen Malkmus. He is... Uh, he used to be in a band called Pavement, which was very big okay. in the late 80s, early 90s. They rule. He has gotten a pretty solid. I They actually, he's in a band now called Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks. Um, they released an album two or three years ago that absolutely kicks ass. Nice. I haven't yeah. pursued a lot of his solo stuff, but the uh-huh. song sounded really good. So loved that music cue. Yeah. That is my music cue choice of the episode, which we'll get into later. All right, lock it in. But uh, additionally, I had, I probably haven't watched this episode in a decade plus. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Angie while I was taking these notes, I was like, I don't remember how this game ends. <laughs> and I am literally on the edge of my seat. Like, I knew they made it to state. I remember they made it to state because I remember the final scene in this episode. Yeah. Um, but I did not remember if they win or, or lose. Mm. And I was like, oh man, edge of my seat. But alas, the Titans make their field goal. They win 30 to 28. Yep. And uh the Panthers lose. Yes. I was 95% sure that they lost this game, but I was holding out a little hope, but nope, didn't happen. Um, I was also, I was probably 60, 40 that they lost um, because of what I'm pretty sure happens next episode. But, and that was yeah. the only clincher for me was um, a bomb that gets dropped on this next episode. But I, I thought maybe they did win this season, um, but no, no such luck. Nope. Um, I I noticed in this scene that the CGI crowd was very obviously like repeated, you know, where they like film a section of the crowd mm. and then they basically have the entire crowd just move to the next section and right. then they like copy and paste them around. Sure. Uh, pretty hard, probably pretty hard to fill up uh, the, I imagine. the yeah. Longhorn Stadium with extras. So yeah. <clears throat> do what you got to do, I suppose, but it was very noticeable to me. After the game, the locker room is silent. I was initially very confused. Like, what the heck is uh, Tyra, Tyra is there? In the locker room. 
<laughs> Which, Which even I'm still so confused why Tyra is there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. Because Coach says like I wanted everybody's family and friends to be here, and I was like, I does, I, does that mean like did he tell everybody like bring a guest to the like <laughs> yeah, post game speech one? and and Landry chose her because why else would she be there? But I guess, we didn't. You know, we have not seen Landry's dad. Since uh, season two. Yeah, no. Um, which that guy only plays military or law enforcement in yeah. every... Maybe we talked about that before, but... We have. I, I think, I, what did I just watch? Not that long ago. Like a Godzilla movie. I think he's some sort of army commander, but... That makes sense. Anyway, Tyra was... Yeah, Tyra was the the Landry representative, I suppose. And uh coach want yeah, wanted everybody's families and friends being there to hear how proud he is of the team. He gives a really moving speech. I thought this was a good speech. Yeah. Um, says about, you played like champions. Yep. This will be the game that people will talk about. You all another moment this one. like we <laughs> talked about earlier the like that you that when he says like you'll tell your kids about this game. It doesn't matter who win or lost. And I was like, oh, that's, that's that feeling again. <laughs> again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so everyone looks pretty sad in this moment, except for Tim. Cause I feel like, so Tim's just got this very like fulfilled and happy yeah. and c- kind of completely in tune with the beauty of the moment. I feel, yeah. I feel like I think he knows even if he goes on to play college ball next year, it's not the same. He's not going to be the standout. Even if he makes it four years at San Antonio state, he's never going to be the standout like he is here. Yeah. He knows that this is, and it's, and this is the bummer and the beauty of it. Mm because he knows, but like he knows that this is probably the peak of his happiness and his life, which yeah. is the beauty and the bummer. Like yeah. it is like, you know, a lot of people don't realize when they have that moment, I probably did not realize or won't realize if it happened or if it does happen, uh, what the yeah. peak of my life sure. is. Sure. Um, maybe I did or do or will. But Tim, yeah, he has a real zen um, mm-hmm. happiness to him as if he knows, like, this is it. And I played my hardest. He's he's got a, he's kind of uh, iced up and he's got kind of like a, uh, like a, a sling. sling. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. He has that, that look. <sighs> We've definitely mentioned this before, but I want to go on record. Mm-hmm. I want to formally apologize to Taylor Kitsch for thinking he was a crappy actor for like the last decade plus. Mm-hmm. He is so good. Like mm-hmm. just even the looks that he gives, the, his look in this, the look when Jason, when he drops Jason off at Aaron's house a couple episodes back, like he can just convey super complex emotion with with one look. It's really impressive. Actually, so I was completely wrong. Guy caught a shit hand, yeah. When he he got drafted into the movies, John Carter should have been a bigger hit. That was a good show. You know, True Detective season two should have been better mm-hmm. than it was based on season one. <laughs> uh, you know, Guy Damn just it. could not. Yeah, yeah. X Men. 
Uh, guy just could not catch a break outside of Friday Night Lights. Um, the only thing that I saw him uh, like really catch kudos for was the kind heart. Um, oh yeah, or whatever it was called. Um, yeah. on H, it was like an HBO original movie. Um, and you know, there's still time, but I really think yeah, he caught a a crap hand. Um. Apparently he's on the TV show called Shadow Play. And well, he got the um, he was on the Waco miniseries, right. which caught a little bit of attention, which was great because he was great in it. Um, yeah, I really hope that his career ends up taking off. I still stand by my statement. He could have been our generation's Tom Cruise. I really do believe that. <laughs> I really think that if they would have taken a chance on him. Um, I'm trying to think of like what would have come out around the same like if he could have caught a Marvel movie. Yeah. If he could have been like cut in as like um like Bucky Barnes in Captain America, uh-huh. forget about it. Yeah. It, he's off. He's off to the races then. But <clears throat> unfortunate. But I I still want to go on record and say I, I was wrong. Great I actor. apologize. Yep good stuff all right so panthers they load up the bus and getting ready to head home everyone's on board except tim riggins uh coach says let's just give him a minute he'll be here um we get a a pretty cool beautiful scene of tim walking out back out onto the empty field there and he's got his cleats in hand and he lays, sets them down on the turf and kind of has a moment and, uh, and then walks away, walks back. And in my notes, I just put, I love Tim Riggins. Yep. Man. Yep. Big moment. Beautiful. Um, pretty classic deal, but, uh, that's it. That's the episode roll credits. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with our awards for the week. Okay, we're back. We're going to give out some awards. Uh, I feel like we've got some big winners this week. Uh, But we're going to start, as we always do, with our coach Taylor inspo rating coach had lots of opportunities to be inspirational. Uh, what kind of numerical value do you put on his, uh, ability to inspire this week? Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about his struggles with the JD McCoy conversation. We talked about his maybe half ass isn't the right word that I want to use, but like his, his, not great speech prior to the um the game pregame his halftime speech is to die for his postgame speech is extremely solid i in the very least have to give him a strong eight i would be inclined to even go higher if you uh would agree i Eight was the number I had in my mind. I I was going to be open to a nine as well. So what do you think? I'm feeling like it was a good episode. Let's just give him the bump. Let's do it. 
Let's go yep. with a nine. It's state. Come on. Yeah. Way to go, coach. Good stuff. Julie Taylor Hatometer. Um, she didn't have a lot going on. She had that moment with yeah. grandma where they both want the best for Matt, but also selfishly. Right. Probably the most human. The for Matt. Probably the most human that that Julie has been, though. Like even even her awfulness of not wanting the best for Matt, like not wanting to go is still based in a level of like, she knows what's right. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to go in the negatives here, like a negative one or two. Um, the only problem is she's bonding with the worst <laughs> person and grandma. Um, Fair. but let's give her a negative one. Yeah. Let's be kind. Yes. Got to take those opportunities with Julie. Big rig beer tally. Didn't have any. Not even at the Riggins house party. Nothing going. I didn't see any. I try to keep try to keep my eye out because he wasn't really visible at that party. It was mostly Lantry. Yep. And Billy. We saw Billy there. Right. Uh okay. So zero on the big rig beer tally. Um that brings us to the Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshucks Goofus Malufus moment of the week. I want to somehow give it to his portfolio itself. <laughs> the I, pictures he's been drawing are like yeah. weird anime and wrinkly, ugly vegetable people, which <laughs> I feel like is embarrassing. I think, so. I think that's a good... Um, yeah, I, I was trying to come up with a a good Matt Saracen moment that was goofus malufus. So I think that's if there's anything that's as that might be it. Probably, yep. Yeah. In this uh, episode at least, because it feels mean otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Uh Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. I don't not think much, we much get a lot of buddy outside of him, like he gets in a little in his element at the pep rally. There's that. Uh, I guess this isn't really sleazeball, but I tried to get a snap of this and I missed it. I couldn't get the picture and I was watching with the family, so I didn't want to keep rewinding it, but Mm -hmm. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, In the game, JD is like attempting a pass and everybody's running downfield and Buddy's on the sideline just like pointing to the receiver like, right there, right there. (laughs) I didn't see that. JD's going to look at him and yeah, not really sleazy, but I just thought it was a classic Buddy move. Um, Sure. We'll call that an honorable mention. I don't think we need to like mark it down, but I think that's a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, But not too sleazy. So it's the only way buddy can not be sleazy if he's not really on screen that much. Uh, What were the notable music cues? You, you had it locked in already. Yeah. The Stephen Malcolmus, uh, come on or girl, come on. Something like that. Baby, come on. Baby, come on. Good song. Dug it. Have to look into that. Look into a little pavement. I'm not yeah. real familiar. Okay. Outdated pop culture reference. I can't think of anything. I didn't have anything. Quote of the episode. I think the Tyra voiceover. Tyra speech. It's, we don't even have it. to go over anything else. No. That for sure. Uh, it shoved both of us into our feelings so hard that we could yep um yeah barely keep going so we're gonna give it that maybe quote of the uh, series thus far yeah 
I think it's up there for sure. All right. Uh, I don't know if it tops. You do be sweating, but <laughs> we do be sweating. You do. MVP of the episode. I think Tim Riggins. Yeah, let's give it to Tim. I think Tyra has a case just for the speech itself, but she got last week's, and yeah. we feel really good about Tim Riggins at this point. So. Yeah. Tim will not reach these unimaginable new heights again, I don't think. <laughs> nope. So. Uh, I think he scored two touchdowns, too. So you scored two touchdowns yeah. in a, the state game. That's pretty good. And you have a nice little frisbee toss with Matt Saracen outside the Capitol. Just just dripping in dog piss, but yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode rating. Minimum of a nine. Check your texts. Check my text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my phone is dead, but I already know what it says. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a 10. <laughs> yeah. It's 10. It's 10 for me. I I can't, uh, uh, I can't go anywhere else with it. This episode got me in my feels more than any episode. I think up to this point. Yeah. Um, this is a absolutely spectacular episode. I think it is probably the best episode up to this point. I really, yeah. Uh, this one did a lot for me. It did I love a it. Lot I love it. I'm in full support of a 10 on IMDb. This episode got a 9.2. Um, mm-hmm. So the people also love this episode. Yeah, it's a 10. It's an all-timer. Uh, what have we had? Two other 10s maybe? Mud Bowl for sure. And I think the season State. one finale. Yep. Yeah. I believe so. We definitely haven't had one since season one. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. What's our lesson of the episode? What's the moral? What's the, the takeaway, uh, that we can incorporate into our own lives that we learned in this episode? It's not whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. <laughs> okay. sounds like, uh, that Fort minor song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What song is that? I don't know. Oh, if I know that. It's the only Fort Minor song. Is it the one where it's like 99%? Yes. Yeah. Oh, to remember, remember the, the name. name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess something about... I mean, there's got to be something from Tyra's whole speech that we can yeah. um, take away. Maybe there's something like, enjoy your youth. Uh Mm-hmm. You don't really, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Um, yeah, we talked to early in this series about how like pathetic it was for those guys. There were like the former Dylan football players who were telling, yeah, you know that like, hey, this is as good as it gets. But this is like the I feel like the more positive version of that because it's not necessarily based solely on football, which I think is why the the early one was sad. Right. This it's more it's more based like, on yeah. yeah, like it's more based on the possibilities and and even just like even the um wisdom to know the like, hey, this is what I'd like to do, but I probably won't accomplish all of it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, man, how how well done was that? Yeah. That's uh I think there's probably more to be said about that. It's uh but I, I still say I, I I do like coaches 
uh, speech to uh, about the game of just this is the game you'll tell your kids about. Doesn't matter who win or lost. Like mm-hmm. this is the one you always remember. Um, I think there's yeah, I think there's something to be said for both. Um, for both lessons, there's a lot of a lot of lessons, a lot of life lessons to be learned in this mm-hmm. in this episode, and that's another reason that it's a ten. This, it's, uh, yeah. You can't even convey it to, I can't even convey it to words necessarily, but I feel like one of the lessons is literally just the look on Tim's face at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's something I want to, yeah, you know, the, the approach and attitude I want to take into what happens in my life. Like just mm-hmm. kind of that contented smile. I it's, I don't know. It's <laughs> that, that, that look what a ride, lesson. that what yes. a ride feeling mm-hmm. that you only get, you know, even you know, the years that pass, when you look back on it, you still have that water ride feeling, but you never have it the same way you do mm-hmm. when you're in the moment and right at the end of it and know that it's done. Yeah. Yep. That's good. I feel like this is we're we're like super subdued and, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm in my feelings, man. Feelings, I'm I'm really like melancholic. I'm thinking about all these like because I didn't I didn't have a great high school experience, um, but I still think about like I there are a few moments that I didn't repress from high school that I think back on and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, what a time! And I think I mean, there's other times in my life post high school that I kind of after I came into my own, and you know, we've talked about Boji last episode, um, mm-hmm. but even like I remember in those last couple of weeks of Boji of just knowing like, man, this was really something. And this is mm-hmm. something that I will be thinking about for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the, this is something like now I got to go back to my, and it was just crazy because I was already post high school and I was in college, but I was an adult in college, you know? You're right. Um, I went back knowing like, okay, now I'm going to go move in with this other dude and we're going to live in a house. and like things are still going to be fun, but they're not going to be like this. Things won't be like, yeah. I'll never, I'll never live in a, uh, a two bedroom shack without bedroom <laughs> doors that doesn't even have cold running water ever again. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, things will never be like that again. You know, I'll never be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a hard thing to accept. And, but it's also one of those things that like, it's one of those, you know, it sucks that it's over, but I'm so glad it happened. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's probably less about things that are ending, but just keeping that, um, that acknowledgement of how special something is with my mm-hmm. kids, you know, mm-hmm. which is pretty cliche, but like, it's so but true. But it's true. No, absolutely. Yeah, like they'll never be five, three and one mm-hmm. again. Like they'll never have, you know, that same sense of wonder that they take into mm-hmm. things now. And yeah. So, oof. yep. Lots to, lots to take away here. Hope that you all, um, yeah, enjoyed it as much as we did this. I feel like this has kind of taken us to an, a little bit of a new area, area, um, yeah. as far as the viewing experience goes and our conversation goes. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I gotta, I 
I gotta tack this on as the best episode of the series thus far so. because I don't think any episode has hit us like this. I think we've loved episodes like this before, but yeah. I don't think any episode has ever affected us like this before. No. Which is weird because I never I couldn't have recalled anything about this episode. Nope. I literally, if you would have asked me what is the season finale of season three, I would have been like, oh, the state game. Um, yeah, where seen. I don't remember if they win or lost, but I remember that Tim Riggins leaves his cleats out on the field in the empty stadium. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I don't know what comes after this. I know that I've watched all of it. <laughs> yeah. I know parts of it. Uh, but I, if you would have asked me, I straight up would have thought this was the season finale. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> Uh, thanks for, for going with us on this, uh, yeah, little bit of a journey we went on here in this episode. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you wherever you are, but we especially appreciate our listeners in the West Indies and in Laos. Shout out to you guys. Uh, it's been another great episode. Um, Anthony, I've had a a great time with season three. We still got one more. There's still still got one more. We've got, uh, I think we've got some Black Panther reminiscing coming up in the next episode. So I'm very excited. I think it could be, uh, I don't want to say the longest yet, but I think there's (laughs) going to be, I feel like with the guest or guests that we may have, um, I think we're, I mean, we'll cover the episode, but I think there's going to be a lot of sidebars. I think there, it's, I think it's, um, as much as this, the show is about, uh, the Friday night Lights show, which we love and we adore. Um, you know, we also have to put our own twist on it. And, uh, and I think this, this season finale is with the guest and or guests that we have. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of great memories come up. So I think it's yeah. going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it might go a little long, but um, yeah, we got one more. We got more in the one more in the season. And yeah. uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Yep. I, I think some tales will be told and uh, <laughs> knowing the guys that, that we're, that we're aiming to get, they will be told well and uh, yeah, should be a, a really good time. So Come on back next week. We are looking forward to that. Hope you are too. Uh, it's been a, a great night. Please, yeah, uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, let us know how in your feels you got. Um, yeah. We would love to hear if it struck anybody else the way it did us or. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's hear. It's uh, the Natter Days talking or what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was stone sober when I watched this episode and I got to tell you, <laughs> I I literally had to tell my girlfriend I'm mad at how much that affected me emotionally. <laughs> and it's yeah. not even just because like I'm mad at being affected emotionally. I think that I'm upset about being affected emotionally by a show about high school. <laughs> um, I think that's what's it. Um, I think that uh, as somebody who um, I'm not going to act like I absolutely hated my high school experience because I didn't. But as somebody who definitely like uh, came into his own after high school, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's something that like I'm I'm mad that it uh, affected me in the way that it did. Yeah. Well, let us know how it affected you. Uh, we will see you next week for yes. another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. 
Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.